the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to the Reaching for Real Life podcast. Welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley here on another glory. We're mid-August, and as you know, we're just days away from just the seasons changing and changing in more ways than one. Pastor Sean, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Baron, as you might be able to tell. Ah, uh, I'm remote You today. are. Again, you commit. No matter what, we're going to do this show, and so I thank you. And I'm looking at you, the man in black today. When it's 105, you chose to go Johnny Cash today. Well, it's very much like it's a, a self-discipline. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking additional pain and suffering for the purpose of preparing my spirit, man. God bless uh, you. Yeah, no, it, it's a very light shirt, so you can't tell that, but it's very light. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really hot out. And, and yeah. I know people probably are tired of hearing that, but uh, the change is coming. it's just the facts. Yes, it will. It, it will come. I mean, because we know. All we've got is the rest of August, which should be, <laughs> which should be light and breezy. Yeah, the hair dryer blowing on our faces uh, as we're going to work and uh, and living life and taking our kids to school. Pastor Sean, as parents, maybe taking their kids to school for the very first time. Do you remember take dropping off Lauren Ryan uh, that first day? Butterfly kisses. <laughs> that shows how old we are. You yeah. know, anybody younger who's listening to this, which we have a huge younger audience. A demographic, yeah. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't know what that means. But yes, of course, I remember uh, taking them on their first days of school. That's a, uh, man, we've got our course. I'm, I met with a teacher today, uh-huh. uh, interview a new teacher who we're bringing on here at River City Believers Academy. It's that time of year in mm-hmm. teacher in service. In fact, I'm going to be addressing the teachers tomorrow. So all that back to school stuff is at the forefront of our minds. And yeah, I, I absolutely remember dropping our kids off and their that first day of school, they're just wide eyes and a little bit trembling lip, but mm-hmm. you know, gotta, gotta do it. This is, this is it. Sometimes that trembling lip is uh, is on mom. How did Lori do back in the day? Or she just kicked him out? It, no, no. It was, it's, you know, those are our babies. Yeah. Those are, that first day is 
challenging, but you know, okay, I'm going to be there right when they get out, and so I'll see them tonight. It's as they get older that when they go to college and or when they're getting married and they're moving out, and that's the point. It's like, okay, my life is changing now, and it's not going to be the same again. No, absolutely. And uh, from elementary school, middle school, high school, college, I mean, each level's got its own challenges as they enter each phase. I mean, middle school, is again, yeah. is, is a nightmare for a lot of folks. Matter of fact, I hope, Pastor Sean, that, that uh, River City Believers Academy has boxes of tissues there at the in the drive through line there uh, to help out with the moms. Oh. Be a nice little touch. We we give the comfort. We we <laughs> we have a whole team. The counseling to team. To the moms. <laughs> That's wonderful. No, it's awesome. Uh, we got a great group of parents here who, you know, one of the things that w- we do is um, our, our mission at River City Believers Academy is to to partner with parents to prepare students for real life. Right. We recognize it's not it's not our job, it, but it, we are we are coming alongside of families to help them with their job to raise their kids in a way that would honor, serve the Lord, and would would fulfill his vision for their life. Well, since you've been through all those stages in life, Pastor Sean, with yourself, with your two kids, and now your grandkids who are in that, what's the ranges of your grandkids there, Pastor Sean? Uh, Today is my oldest granddaughter's birthday. She's 10 years old. Wow. That's impossible. 10 years old. Double digit. I have a, I'm a grandfather of a double digit. We, we refer to it double digit midget. <laughs> that, you know, that's just what my kids picked up when they were little. I don't know why, where it it's not through. politically correct to say double digit. I'm sorry, Pastor Sean. You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah. She's 10 years old and we're very proud of her, but man, it go, it went by quickly. And the youngest went by quickly, uh, three. Wow. Still, yep. still preschool. So, but you get them in there young. Oh, yeah. With all that, since you've seen both sides, uh, the, again, the first run with your kids and now again with your grandkids, I'd, I'd like to kind of pick your brain and kind of give some coaching, some mentoring to some parents that might be listening uh, on, again, just some some practical welcome to the real life world that we're all walking into. Pastor Sean, are you up for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's go, man. Let's do this. Well, I'm going through it myself. I've, I've got two daughters that are uh, going to be starting at, uh, in Chicago and uh, at, the, at DePaul, which, again, I think you've had some experience there yes. in your backyard. Yes, I was going to go to DePaul before we moved to San Antonio, and I went to Trinity. Very good. Good call. <laughs> Closer to home. In-state. That would have been nice. I, it, I, live, I grew up in Chicago, so that was in-state. We moved <laughs> to Texas. And, you know. Still wise. Still wise. Uh, my other daughter going to Ohio State, the Ohio State, as they say. And yeah, you're kind of releasing uh, them to the world. Where Justin Fields, where Justin Fields came from, quarterback for the Chicago Bears, important point. All their quarterbacks, he's the only guy I can name that came out of Ohio State. They all seem to get drafted, but then they I don't know what happened. Uh CJ Stroud is an Ohio State guy. Oh. Uh who of uh the Houston Texans now too. Isn't he an Ohio State guy, I think? Uh it doesn't matter. Houston, you know, no one cares. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> Forgive me. That's right. But yes, yes, Baron, you are in that. You are in that stage, that that very uh, inexpensive stage of life when you have kids in college. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so I'm bleeding that way, but my heart's bleeding the other way, and just kind of releasing them to the world right. once again. Right. And so, so based on that, uh, I'm looking as a parent advice for me. I'm looking for advice from you on how to protect my kids and then not be that okay. guy. Yes, yes. And you don't want to be that guy. But he, here's the thing that comes through your mind at moments like that, because it, it, it's what what gets very real is they're on their own now mm-hmm. to some degree. Yes, they're at a university campus. Yes, I'm still footing the bills in some way, but they're maybe paying for some. I'm paying for some. 
But literally, I'm leaving them here, and they're not going to be coming home every night. They're not going to be be checking in with me. They're they're going to be living their life. And the question that comes to every parent's mind is, um, okay, did I teach them well? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one friend ask the question, is it all in there? You know, all those values, all those things that we wanted them to understand, the things that are important to us as a family, mm. you know, uh, is it in there? The, the, the faith, do they love Jesus? Is he first in their life? Are they, is that going to be central? Are they going to make decisions through that lens? Okay. How about, did, did, do they understand work? Mm. Did, did I, the, the work ethic stuff, did mm-hmm. they, do they know how to work independently? Cause I'm not going to be there to sit and look over their shoulders and tell them, did you do your homework? That was one of the things that hit me with college. I remember distinctly at Trinity, my first semester when we got our report cards. And what I loved about it is nobody ever checked on me. It's like, <laughs> oh, these guys are great. Look how, lo- look how easy they are. Turns out that wasn't true at all. Hmm. They were, they were paying attention the whole time. They were keeping score. So if I didn't go to class, they were they were keeping score on wow. me. Wow. I thought it was a little passive aggressive actually. Right? <laughs> right. When I send my kids off, I they're going to come to that moment where they realize, oh, teacher's not here to hold my hand anymore. Mom and dad aren't here to hold my t- hand anymore. And my thing is, how did I is the work ethic in there? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be responsible? Are they going to choose friends wisely? Mm. Do they understand how to how to read people and how to learn? Hey, these are the kind of people who are going to help me be the person I want to be versus maybe these are not so much. Mm. So all those things that we as parents hope are in there, you're asking that question, mm. you know, at that point. Are, is it is it all in there? Did I teach them? Well? I have our values transferred. Is it too late? If you're if you're sending them off and you're wondering, uh, how do you uh, how do you continue to encourage them in that way? I would say what you just said is the most important point of of this idea, uh, because it kind of a little bit is too late, mm. and, and it's never too late to keep transferring your values to keep coaching, encouraging. But it's different, you know that. If you're listening and you have young kids, just know that day is coming, mm-hmm. right? It's it's going to come faster than you know. And so right now you need to be living, teaching, modeling those values, those things that you want them. Envision your kid right now heading off to college mm-hmm. or heading off on their own independently. And it, and and what are the things that you want them to really hold dear and to be really important and to know it's in there? And that's what you're building now. You know, we've we've got our little three year old grandson and his mom and dad are are doing the things now to make sure that on that day when when they head off to college those values are in there and they and they understand it and they don't have to worry about that mm. you talked about making good friends and uh and getting plugged in in, in a right culture there do, do you have any thoughts on on that how do i as a parent i can't force them to get in the right circles how can how can i encourage them to Find a good church on the, on the campus. What was, what's, what's your take on that? Well, honestly, that's really one of the most important things that I'm going to, I'm going to encourage the student to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual community. I'm going to talk to my, and I, but both my kids, it's like, okay, what's your plan for family, for spiritual family? Cause that's what the church is. And, and here's the thing, if you're listening to this right now and the church to you is an optional thing, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't need the church. Just understand that's the attitude, that's the perspective your child is picking up. And don't be surprised one day if they grow up and they have no need for the church. Mm. 
if you had the church as optional, if you had the church as, well, it's something that we basically judge, sit in judgment of, or we talk about negatively, you know, you, you got to understand when your child leaves, that's what they're going to have. So, so the question that, and to your point, Baron, it starts when they're young. Hey, church is, it's our spiritual family. These are our brothers and sisters, our heavenly father. These are brothers and sisters. And so when you've done that well, one of the first things I'm going to encourage is where are you going to get spiritual community? Mm. Where are you going to go be a part of the church? And and these are the people who are praying for you. And I'm not talking about just attending a Sunday service. I'm talking about being in spiritual community. Mm. Like a, a lot of campuses have great Christian clubs. Get involved in those and then find out where some of the other kids are going to church. Because mm. Christian club isn't your church. That's a great group for fellowship. But it's not the church. It's a it's a it's a, an extension of the church, but it's not the church. Find out where some of those kids, and then you all go to church together, so that you're under the under the care and under the leadership of a, a biblical godly ministry. You know, and you might have to check out three, four, five churches before you find the right one. But go do it; it's worth it, and your through your whole college experience. You know, I think it's I it's awesome if you if you are. You know, if you're at a church in a college town, my son Ryan is at a church in San Marcos. Mm. They have a vision for training these students who attend because there's they're going to be one of these churches whose attendance swells during the school year and then pulls back in the summer. Mm. Their vision is to see those kids graduate who attended their church, Landmark Church, and see them um, with a passion for the church so that they understand the importance of the Christian community. And when those kids go back home or they go to their careers, wherever they're going to be, the first thing they do is go and they start looking for family. Where's my spiritual family going to be? Where's my church home? So parents, I really believe that spiritual community is one of the big questions. Mm. Help your kids. What, where are you going to, where are you going to go to church? Who are going to be your friends? Mm. see, that's kind of an extension of that, isn't it, Baron? Correct. That the, the type of people that you want to be in relationship with, closest relationship with, are those who are going to encourage you in the very most important relationship you have. That's your relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Amen. We kind of talked about this in a previous podcast, but when we're trying to find that right church, what is what should they be looking for? Well, that's a great, that's a great question. Okay. And they should know by the time that point, they should know. And if they don't, what you're looking for is a church that is spiritually warm. In other words, they really, they're, they're biblically centered. That's that's kind of the the first tell. Okay, this church believes in the Word of God. They're they're centered and founded founded on the Word of God. Okay, but they're spiritually warm. In other words, they believe the Word of God. They actually teach you to live by the Word of God. It's not mm-hmm. just something that we, we kind of talk about, and you know, it's not a philosophy debate or a philosophy discussion. It's it's this is something we truly believe, and it shapes our lives. So it's a church that is biblically founded. It's passionate in worship. It's obedience-centered, encouraging us to walk in obedience. It's community-based. It's In other words, relationships are what's important, first with God, then with one another. These are the things you, you teach them to look for in a church. And for some people, they recognize, well, my 18-year-old isn't really interested in church. It's kind of like they, they want to get to where they don't have to go to church anymore. I, I want to encourage you to pray for them. I want to encourage you to qu- ask them when you talk to them, when they come home or when you're on the phone with them, say, hey, how's it going? I'm praying for you. Have you found a church? And just see what the Lord does. 
Uh, one of the things that I encourage you to pray, if your kid's not, if your kid is maybe not all that interested, uh, pray that God would bring other believers into their life. Mm. That's one of the things I always prayed for my kids, and God was so faithful in that. Pray that the Lord would bring other believers so that it's not just mom and dad saying this or or their youth pastor from home, but there's other friends who are encouraging them in their faith. And sometimes that first real serious relationship of the opposite sex comes into play when they're off to college. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, we've been praying for, you know, our kids' spouses since they were, in, you know, in the cradle there. And here we go yep. again. If it gets really real, uh, you know, on that. Any any thoughts or advice on that as far as our influence? Well, understanding that these are the people who are going to most influence them at this point in their life. And so you're praying, you're trying to train them from the time they are little chi- uh, child so that by the time they, they are at that age, this stuff is second nature to them. But if not, you know, then you re- literally, you just have to navigate those waters with prayer, with the love of Christ. You show, you know, you show love to your child. You show love to this significant other that they're bringing into their life. And, you know, again, one of the big things that I encourage, even if you're not agreed on some of this stuff, you keep those doors of communication open however you can. Mm. Whatever you need to do, you keep those doors of communication open. You're praying. Nobody can close that door, mm. right? But you keep the door of communication. I, I know some parents who are struggling, uh, multiple groups of parents, and mul- multiple families who are struggling because their child is not walking in their faith. Their child is away, living in another city, living independent, and is not walking in their faith. But one of the things I've seen them do well is keep those lines of communication open so they can continue to be an influence. Because they will fall, and they need to have that that safety to know that they can talk to their parents and get some wise advice without, I guess, coming down on them, right? Right, right. And they know that you're going to always love them no matter what. Mm -hmm. You're going to always listen to them. And you're going to always speak the truth in love. Mm. Don't hold that back, but speak the truth in love. All right. So since I'm going through this myself, Pastor Sean, how involved can my wife and I get? How much is too much? What's your take? Okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I've been, I've noticed you uh, <laughs> social media stalking your children. Exactly. And, and Baron, I, I feel, I feel like you might've crossed the line. Yeah. <laughs> you should see my, my TikTok account is just me. No one of my other peers are in it, but uh, I, I will say Baron, this is a big issue because mm-hmm. you know, we t- we talk about helicopter parents, right? Right. And, and it's really bad. Colleges are having to deal with parents who are coming in and meddling in their kids' Affairs, trying to intervene for them all the time. Employers are are they literally are developing departments of people to develop with their young employees' parents, which is obviously ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that one of the things that we want to see by this time in our kids' life, if you imagine that when they're little, you are completely driving. You know, for me, I always think in terms of horses or you know something like that. But you're you're, I'll, I'll say driving a car, you're driving the car, right? They're a passenger. They're little, you're driving the car and you're making all the decisions. You're doing all those things. As the years go by, you are gradually shifting to where they're, they've got a hand on the wheel and then they're, then they're kind of sitting on your lap. And then all of a sudden you're sliding out and, and you're having a hand on the wheel. The ultimate idea is by the time they're 18 and then 18 to 22, you are making that final passing of the, mm. the controls of their life, the reins of their life, the steering wheel of their life, whatever metaphor you want to use, you're passing that over to them. And they are an independent adult. 
college is a perfect opportunity to let them practice independence because there's still a little bit of structure, a little bit of safety there, but they're, they're on their own. So I encourage parents, don't be the one who's trying to micromanage what you do every day in, in, in this, you know, show interest, but, but let them make some decisions, let them make some mistakes. Mm. Um, this is that, this is the time for that. You want them so that by the time they are at that, okay, they're moving out now, they have practiced at being independent and they know how to, they've learned to trust the Lord for themselves. They know how to make decisions. They know how to seek counsel when they want it. You know, they know when they need to get good advice and they also know what values they're living by and so how to make those day-to-day decisions. Um, I, I really think if, if you're, if you're kind of micromanaging your young adult's life at college, um, you are doing them a great disservice and doing yourself a disservice too, because it'll be a strain on your relationship. Correct. Because uh, they will ask for money <laughs> forever, right? Uh, they can ask. <laughs> you know, <laughs> till the day my dad passed away, I asked for money and he said no. no. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's an interesting point. Understanding, uh, that when you're still paying the bills, they're not completely independent. Mm -hmm. So the things that you're paying for, you have input in, right? What am I going to pay for? What am I not? Mm. But uh, again, there's wherever you can, wherever you can practice independent, let them practice independence while still a little bit under your care. It's a great, great benefit. All right, Pastor Sean. All right. So final thoughts, final words of advice for the mom and dad, and then advice for the, for their children, mom and dad, uh, Pray for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about that three-year-old, mm. that uh, that 12-year-old, that 17-year-old, whatever age. Pray for them. Um, prayer is powerful. Um, and, and I encourage you, teach them from the time they're young. Because anybody who's got an 18, 19-year-old in college or a young adult who's not following the Lord, not living the way that you feel, you raised them, um, you know that pain. That's mm. that's not That's not fun. Um, that, that, that starts when they're, you know, when they're just babies, um, friend of mine, who's a, who's a, uh, landscaper used the illustration, you know, and he was actually, we were actually talking about landscaping. He says, you know, the best time to plant a tree. Right. And I'm thinking what spring. And he's like, no, 20 years ago. Right. And, and I, I've never forgotten that. And his point was let's plant some trees now. And, but 20 years from now, they're going to look awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And. I've never forgotten that every time I talk about parenting, I bring that up. Mm. The best time to train your child and invest in them and instill values and spiritual values, disciplines in them is 20 years ago when they're little. And so I just encourage you, uh, parents, pray for them. But at whatever age you are, start now. If you're like my 12-year-old doesn't want, doesn't receive any discipline, yeah, well, there's still time. Yeah. Give that discipline anyway. It might, it's going to hurt a little bit if they're not used to it. It's going to be hard. You're going to have some struggles, but do it in love. Mm. Remember, punishment looks back. Mm. What you did was bad. Discipline always looks forward. Might be the same thing. It might be a spanking or a grounding or a loss of privilege, whatever it is. Same action, but the focus is different. Discipline is saying, I see you becoming this kind of person. And that's why we're, we're implementing discipline in your life. Mm-hmm. And this is going to yield great fruit. You know, Hebrews 12 talks about that, the, the good fruit of discipline in our lives. So that's, uh, that's my best 
counsel for parents and for kids. Uh, if maybe you're listening to this or your parents are forcing you to listen <laughs> to me and Baron today, <laughs> um, I, I just want to say, trust the Lord. Mm. Trust the Lord with every area of your life. I, I encourage you, even if you even if you hadn't really thought about it or you were kind of wanting to get out of the whole church thing and everything, um, you can't get out of the God thing. God's the creator. He loves you. He made you for something meaningful. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your decisions. It'll always yield good fruit. That's fantastic. I also love your analogy of the tree. It reminds me that, well, to produce good fruit, it needs to get there. So they should be hopefully producing that fruit when they're off to college. Yep. That's, wow. that's, that's the plan. Well, I'll, I think it'd be very appropriate, Pastor Sean, to ask you to pray for these parents and for these kids. Yeah. Lord, this time of year, we're all kinds of parents are sending their kids back to school, whether they're some taking them for the first time to uh, kindergarten or preschool and others are sending their kids off to college, you know, and uh, it's a challenge for all along the way for parents. I pray for parents. I pray that you just minister to their hearts, mm-hmm. teach them the balance of, of caring for their kids, of you know, making decisions for their children, but also then of slowly releasing those decisions to their children so that their kids can make good decisions as young adults. Lord, give those parents wisdom. Jesus, I pray for the students. I just pray that you would teach them to trust you. Even if it's a little kid going to school for the first time, realizing that with a relational problem with a friend, that they can pray and that you hear them there in the classroom and that they can pray to you and you can help them navigate the waters with that friendship. Um, all the way up to the big things that a young adult's going to face as they pray. Teach us the power of prayer and your faithfulness, Lord. We just pray that you continue to lead and guide us. We love you, and we're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Pastor Sean. Are you teaching this Sunday? Yes, I am. We're finishing up our series, The Household of God, on First Timothy, so it's going to be great. Uh, I encourage you to be there, 930, 1130. Uh, you don't want to miss it. And then after the uh, first day of school, start preparing for Christmas. Immediately. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Hey, thanks, Baron. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to share this podcast or the radio program with your friends. Let them know. And uh, we sure appreciate you spending some time with us here on Reaching for Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.